Hello, friends. This is the Messenger Podcast, where our goal is to develop messengers whose lives tell the story of the gospel. I'm your host, Addison Bevere, and today we've got another episode of the Summer Book Club. As we, yeah, yeah, that's right, Sarah. That's exciting. It is. Woo-hoo. Books are amazing. See, books are so cool because they take you places you couldn't otherwise go, and they introduce you to people that you couldn't otherwise meet. It's so nerdy. Right? It's so nerdy, but true. Like, there's this there's this man who lived in the 1800s, and I feel like he's my best oh, friend. Oh, boy. Who would I've that re- man be? <laughs> I'm not going to tell you, because you're going to make fun of me. But I've read, like, 40 of his books. <laughs> you're going to start <laughs> off the podcast with the 1800s. We, we just lost people. Come uh, back. I'm sorry. Please come, come back. back. <laughs> anyway, as I was saying, this is Summer Book Club, and we believe that you, yes, you, you are a messenger to your world. So our goal with this series is to give you practical tools to help you build your life and your faith. And today I'm joined by Sarah Trupo. I mean, Fernandez. Right. Whoa. A little bit of a name change This is the here. first time you've been on here as Fernandez. I know. It's very odd. Are you going to bring a different game to the podcast? or I, You know, I same think game? so. Well, You're still in my phone as Sarah Trupo. I'm going to change that. That's okay. I, I have not changed You know, I think the thing is I just feel a little bit like Jason Bourne right now. I got a lot of identities Ooh. happening. Just, you know, so I some mysteries. So we're not going to know what to expect yeah. today. Okay. A mysterious podcast. And I got Ellis Rock. Ellis, Hello. how are you? This is your first time on the show. She first has time. literally the coolest name. Like Ellis Rock, she sounds like a celebrity, I think. Thanks, guys. I've just spent my entire life trying to live up to that name. So. <laughs> <laughs> nice, Ellis. And Ellis, she's a member of the Messenger team, and she oversees all of our social media stuff. I do. Which I is do. really exciting. It is really exciting. Yeah. That's Most a, days. That's a, that's a jungle. Oh, is it? Yeah. <laughs> oh, is you get, it? You get to navigate a lot of comments and... I don't stuff. do much of the comments, actually. Oh, you have, some, you have someone else do She that. has people for that. She has people for that. <laughs> so if you be trolling, uh, don't, <laughs> don't bother Ellis. Look, don't, <laughs> trolls don't come at me or Lisa Bevere. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, all right. So book club. I love books. I know Sarah loves books. Ellis, you love books. Otherwise, you wouldn't be on the show. Today, we're talking about a particular type of book. Sarah, what kind of book are we talking about today? You're the you're the producer, so we're talking about books that help you trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord. Yes. Trust in the Lord. That's kind of a big. It's very vague. Kind of vague. I told you, I'm surprised mystery. I'm, I'm bringing su- mystery. Yeah, today. I'm surprised you picked that one. So why <laughs> not, why don't you explain why you, as a producer, chose this particular topic? Okay. Well, I think one of the most challenging points of faith is when you're not sure if you trust God. You're not sure where you stand with Him. You're not sure if He likes you. Um, it is it okay to admit that? Yeah. Like, is that cool? Can you tell God that you don't trust him? 1,000%. And I think the thing is, for me, one of the central challenges I've had that my book I'm bringing to the table today identified was really figuring out, man, like, the my trust issues with God are my faith issues with God. My trust issues with him are my trust issues with people. Like, it all goes back to that. And so I think that's such a foundational thing that if – you are wanting to grow in your faith, and yet you're like sort of on the fence about whether or not you trust in, in the Lord, like it's gonna be tough. And so, I think some of my most inspired, like, spiritual mentors or friends, the thing I see that they all share in common is a rock solid, unshakable, unmovable trust in the Lord. Yeah, totally. That's good, Sarah. I think one of the things that separates people who have learned to trust God from people who are scared of trusting God is the people who have learned to trust God, they actually go to God when they don't feel like trusting Him. Like God's not afraid right. of that. If right. He wants you to bring that to him. It's in those moments, honestly, moments of tension with God that he really shows himself to us. Yeah, and I think for me, I'm a natural challenger. I'm a natural skeptic. I'm, no. I mean. No. 
Are you being sarcastic? Yes, I'm being very sarcastic. <laughs> you guys can't see his face, but it's giving it away. Um, no, and so I'm at, I'm naturally going to always ask why. Why? You know, like my mom says, I like started asking why, and I've never stopped asking it. And so for me, with faith, one of the central problems I've had in terms of growing in faith is that why question becomes debilitating to the point where it's like, if I don't have answers, I cannot trust. And I think with the mystery of God, the wonder of God, sometimes it just is like you you will not know why. And I think the thing that I've had to learn and that wise counsel and books and the scriptures have taught me is how to trust in the Lord even when you're not totally sure why he does what he does. And it's hard. That's very hard. And on the flip side of that, Addison, this is something you talked about recently on social media, was about as a dad and as a leader giving a reason why. And you wanted to be someone who could be trusted as a dad and as a leader. And so you made a priority of giving a reason why in, in the moment when you could. And so if we're looking at God through that same lens of God, you're my, you're my father, you're my leader, you, you fill these roles. I think there are times when there's always a why. And there are times that he wants to share that why with us. But in the moment, trust is required. Yeah, right? sometimes we can't handle the why. Right. It's too big. It's too significant for us. And so if we knew the why, we would try to freak out. We would try to make it happen in our own strength. We would try to go a different direction because to us, we travel from A to B to C. But God's ways, they're very different than ours. But, but what's neat about God, though, as you grow in God, you do get to discover more of the whys of life. Totally, it's it's yeah. not like you travel deeper into darkness. The journey of faith does bring more clarity. Totally. But there is this leap of faith. There is this moment of trust. And there are many moments of trust that bring us to greater levels of understanding. And it is. It's something we continue to grow in throughout our entire life. Well, and that's the thing is faith is defined as being certain of what you hope for but cannot see. And the thing that I think in Western culture, in modern culture, we struggle with is if I can't see it, it must not be true. If I can't see it, then maybe it's a lie, you know. And I think the beautiful thing is that <laughs> people, and myself included, as a natural skeptic, like, I have faith every time I sit down. Like, I'm having faith that this chair isn't going to <laughs> smack me onto the floor because, one, that'd be awkward for me, but also... be kind of awesome for us. <laughs> you guys would be entertained. I wouldn't laugh. <laughs> you what? would 100% would laugh. I would not laugh. Well, maybe not. Um, but, yeah, so it's just saying, you know, okay, we, have, we put our faith in something. You put your faith every time you get into an airplane that that pilot's going to fly that plane right. Like, and so acknowledging that you are actually exerting your faith and then realizing, man, I actually have a decision to make about how I utilize faith and how I direct it. And some of these things are unconscious, like getting on an airplane or getting in your plane or getting in a chair seat, right? But over time, those unconscious things, like in your faith, like you can start to realize you've created pathways of resistance, of unbelief, of doubt that start to infect every aspect of your faith. And so I think for me, and I'm still on this journey, is getting right with the Lord, is getting that uh, understanding what trusting in Him looks like. Yeah. So, Sarah, what's your book? My this book. Book Club. We're supposed to bring book books to the table. I, I see it there under your We notes. should have a theme song. I was just saying we need a book club theme song. All right. We should have John sing it. <laughs> <laughs> please, John Bevere, please. please. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. That Nobody wants this that? Room. No, okay. No. <laughs> this doesn't leave the room and all of our listeners. Yeah. <laughs> Um, uh, my book is called Rooted, and it's by Banning Liebscher. Live, okay, yeah, okay. Liebscher. Ellis, confirm that. 
And he's the founder and pastor of Jesus Culture. And I had um, actually stole this book from my husband. It was sitting on our counter at home. And I thought, rooted, that sounds good. The subtitle is The Hidden Places Where God Develops You. And I thought, that's probably good for me, too. I think one of the things is when you're a high achiever, and Ellis, you can relate to this. Yes, I can. Enneagram 3. Hello. Uh, all right, sister. I'm a wing 3. But um, I think one of the things is you don't really like being hidden. <laughs> you don't like being in, um, and I found most of my career, most of my time has been on the ground floor, has been um, under somebody else's leadership, under someone else's command, and that's made it a little bit challenging in terms of being like, God, but I know you're calling me to things, and you have big plans for my life. And so what I love about this book is he talks about um, the idea of being rooted in, in finishing well. And he talks about how through the story of King David, that King David was developed in three different soils. And it was the soil of intimacy, the soil of service, and the soil of community. And so really evaluating w- where you are in that story and um, figuring out, oh, hey, man, what, what soil am I in? And so my quote for you guys from this book that I thought was so good and it relates back to the idea of trust is if you if you don't trust you can't be planted well because you have a bad root system and so um on page 38 it says every spiritual battle you face in fact all of spiritual warfare itself centers on trusting god the enemy uses the same strategy he used in the beginning when he showed up in the garden number one get god's children to doubt god's trustworthiness number two get god's children to trust something besides god The enemy is dedicated to convincing us that God is either withholding good things or failing to protect us from bad things. He discovers our deepest fears and longings, and he exploits those areas of vulnerability to sow mistrust in our hearts. Every time we experience pain, disappointment, loss, or terror, he tells us that God has abandoned us and that the only thing to do is protect ourselves. Every time we see some good thing happen and desire it, he tells us we must take it instead of letting God give it to us in his time and in his way. And so I think, man, that like really gives language to so much of the garbage, honestly, that we see when people fall from grace or from in your own life when you're like, man, I went after that job, but it was an epic, disastrous situation. And you're like, I got ahead of the Lord's timing. I got ahead of him. Reading this has helped me reflect back on my life and the choices I've made and realize, man, there are certain choices I made that were because of my mistrust in the Lord. The reason those things didn't go well for me is because I didn't listen. And then I can also look back and go, man, there were, were times I was super obedient and I followed him even when I didn't have like any way of knowing how those situations were going to work out and they worked out magnificently, yeah. you know? And so I think the biggest thing for me I took from this book was just this concept of figuring out where you, where you find yourself in different seasons. Sarah, I think that's awesome. I remember back in 2014, I was listening to this message and someone said that if you aren't anchored in the goodness of God, then when a trial comes, you'll lower your theology or what you believe about God to match your pain. Wow. And so that has transformed the way I look at trusting God because I realize that trusting God looks so much like being rooted in who the what the character of God is. Right. So if yeah. I know that the character of God is good and that is what I can trust in, then when anything comes my way, I know that well ultimately God is good and he is for my good and his word says that he works all things together for my good. Therefore, I can move forward in trust for him, not just because I have this trust of him, but because I know this is who he is. Right. And the thing is is with 
you know, you see a little kid at the pool, they just fling themselves off the ledge of the pool at their parent, right? Absolutely. Sometimes you're not even ready for them. Like if, if you're, I've had this where I've been like watching kids or something and you're like, oh, hey buddy. And then he like comes flying at you and you're like, oh my goodness, like I wasn't ready for that. But the thing is the Lord is always ready for us. He's always ready for us to fling ourselves at him, our questions, our doubts, our, and, and our hearts, you know? Yeah. And I think, um, that's that's one thing that I've really had to learn about his character. And kids do that because their perception of their parents, right. right? So the whole idea of faith, faith really is a reflection of the object that it derives its power from. So you look at Lizzie, my third, she thinks that I can do anything. I mean, seriously thinks that I can do anything. So she has no problem running and jumping to me and just believing that I'm going to catch her, regardless of how far she falls or regardless of how far she jumps. She believes I'm somehow going to become Mr. Stretch Armstrong, (laughs) reach out and be able to catch her because that's the kind of faith that she has in me. And how amazing, how wonderful, how risk-filled would this life be if we treated God like that? Oh man, that's amazing. That's amazing. Well, so the book I brought to the table and Addison and Sarah have been making fun of me because it's like 600 pages. It's a giant book. It's a giant book. This is like, like three books. It will break the table if you drop it on there. <laughs> it would break. So it's in my lap. It's not even on the table. Uh, but the, the book that I am bringing to Summer Book Club is called Living a Life of Fire by Reinhard Bonnke. And if you are not familiar with Reinhard Bonnke, he is this incredible evangelist who I think has something crazy like 70 plus million salvations attributed to his ministry throughout his lifetime which is like 70 million is hard no we can't even compute you can't even compute that in your brain um but his autobiography tells a story of basically his entire life and the first half of the book is a lot of the formative years just from birth to when his ministry really started to take off and the second half of the book are just all the insane testimonies of what god did throughout uh his lifetime so you did read the whole thing. I read the I whole <laughs> thing. I read and listened. I got the audiobook. Introduction. Introduction. Preface, wow. Acknowledgements. Appendix. All okay. of the things. Right. It was one of my 52 books last year. So She's a three on the Enneagram. <laughs> and that is why she is on this episode. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So uh, I did read the entire thing. But the first half of the book really spoke to me because I feel like in a lot of ways I'm in very formative years. And he identified so many things that could have tainted his worldview or his view of God. And instead, all of these little moments where he just believed in childlike faith to trust God. And there was a moment pretty uh, early on-ish in his ministry where he was doing this crusade and he was he was going to preach. He was going to be the evangelist on the stage and he was going to bring someone else in who was known for miracles, signs, and wonders uh, that would break out in their crusades. And he gets to this point where the guy is like, I'll pray for the sick tomorrow. So Reinhard gets on stage and he's like, I know we told you we're going to pray for the sick. It'll be tomorrow. And he gets back to the hotel and the minister that they brought in to pray for the sick is putting his suitcases in a car. And he said, the Holy Spirit told me to go. And he's like, what do you mean? The Holy Spirit told you to go. I told that's stressful. Thousands of people. We were going to pray for the sick. Like we've got a stadium of sick people ready to be healed coming tomorrow. And he said, you told the people that the sick would be prayed for but you didn't tell him who would pray for him. The Holy Spirit told me I have to go. And so Reinhard knew he was walking into this crusade, having made this promise of praying for the sick, 
And he had not seen miracles break out in his own life to the extent that he would at some point. And I can really relate to that. Look, I've been in situations where I'm in public and I felt the prompting of the Holy Spirit to go pray for somebody. I can remember two specific times at, at the gym of all places, a blind man walked into the gym and a man in a wheelchair rolled into the gym. And both times I knew what the Holy Spirit was telling me to do. And I walked up to these men separately on different occasions and asked if I could pray for them. And both of them said yes, and neither of them got healed. And so there's this moment where you're faced with this, God, yeah. Now, what's going on? What's going on? Like, I, I trusted know. you. I trusted you. Yeah. Like I put, I put everything on the line and I'm not seeing you come through in this way. And Reinhard takes the stage and the Holy Spirit just takes over. And the presence of God falls in this stadium and people start to get healed. And this is, this is the quote that I love from the book. He said he heard the Lord say to him, my word in your mouth is as powerful as my word in my mouth. Wow. And that impacted me so profoundly because I thought, you know, I may not have seen the miracles in these situations, but that doesn't mean that I can't trust that God is still the God of miracles. Mm-hmm. And so and that it was his word that came out of your mouth. To and these that people. it's his word that came out of my mouth. And I'll never know the seeds that were planted because of my active obedience to step out and pray, even though they weren't healed in the moment, even though this blind man did not walk out of the gym with his eyesight and the man in the wheelchair still rolled out of the gym. I'll never know, but I can trust that God still works wonders. Yeah. So good. I think Ellis, I think it, it really, when we break it down, we have to ask ourselves, who is the God that we trust in? I think a lot of people, they refuse to trust in God because their idea of God is not very trustworthy. It's not someone that they want to attach their faith to. And that's honestly, that's why the book that I would recommend is The Knowledge of the Holy by A.W. Tozer. I read this book for the first time, I don't know, maybe 10, 12 years ago. And I had a certain idea of who God was going into reading this book. And this book opened my eyes to the otherness of God, to the fact that he is so other than us in so many senses, and because he is other than us, he can transform us into something more than we are. And we start to see in this book, we start to see God's humanity and his divinity in ways that honestly astound our idea of being. And so I would, I would say to people out there listening to this, I'm like, man, I just like, I don't really believe God can do those things. Well, I would tell them, you will never rise above your perception of God. And the power of God in your life, and I'm talking on the macro and micro scale, that you see God move in your life, the power of God in your life is a reflection of the God over your life. And so many of us, so many of us, we reduce God to our own image, to our own level, because it's convenient. It's hard to be intimate with something that is that much greater than us. But that is why God sent his spirit to teach us the deep things of God, to teach us things that bypass logic that bypass our understanding. And so I would strongly recommend that book. If you've never read anything by Tozer, that's a great book. It's a, it's a harder read. It's a short book. It's a harder read, but just read it slowly. There's so much goodness in there. And another book that I would recommend is The Rest of God by Mark Buchanan. Have you, either of you read that book? No. no. So his premise is it's in the rest of God that we discover the rest of God. Oh, wow. That's, I see that's what good, he did right? There. You see that? The rest of God that we discover the rest I of like God. That. 
And if you look at the Ten Commandments, the first three commandments, they all deal with our perception of God, right? And then what's the fourth commandment? It's about the Sabbath. See, it's so easy for us to believe. And when we look at trust, right, it's like we want to do things on our own. We want to take control of our lives. And the idea of Sabbath is to remind us that we are not God, that the earth, believe it or not, this is going to be groundbreaking, ready? The earth still spins without (laughs) our involvement. I know. Everyone oh. out there, take a take Achievers a big, in the room. Are we sure? Are we sure? <laughs> Are we sure about that? Yeah. It'll still spin without our involvement. It's actually when we're in tune with God by discovering the rest of God in the rest of God that we actually get to participate in the mystery of what makes life beautiful. That's solid because I think in the culture we live in, it's very... Um, I was just reading uh, this morning about a story and, and how what you know warm cultures versus cold cultures operate. And in a warm culture, you plan extra time because you might run into somebody and you need to chat to them. In cold cultures, it's like uh, you know the business hours are this time. If you're chatting to the teller too long, like someone's gonna tap you on the shoulder and like get you to move along. And I think the thing is, is we have this sense of time poverty. We're always running out of time. There's not enough time. We have so much to do, to do, to do. Busy, 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 busy. Like, and there's something about the that like God rests, and yet the world spins, and and He set set it up that way. And I I know I'm being personally convicted right now because I struggle to like have Sabbath. I struggle to rest. We and all do. It's a matter of trust. Yeah. And it's like, if I don't, if I take a day off, then none of the laundry gets done and none of the stuff gets ready for the next week. And then I'm going to crash in the next, it's going to be a whole thing. And I, now that we're newly married, we're like, we're just trying to figure out how to do life, you know? And so I think that, but to think about it that way of like the, the trust in God to say, God, I know that you you can get this all done. Yeah. In God's economy, faith always yields more results than doubt and fear. So it's an act of faith to be like, okay, God, I'm giving you this day. I'm calling it holy. I'm giving you this time. I'm setting it apart to be ministered to, to realize again that I'm not self-sufficient. God, you are the only one who's self-sufficient. So I have to rely on you. I'm going to live in the awareness of that. And then from that overflow of your presence overflow of your understanding, I will go into my world and I will be more effective. Yeah. It takes humility. It takes major humility. Well, and then even to enter into the workspace, the achieving space, but from a place of rest, not from a place of striving for something, but from a place of God's already accomplished this. We can trust that he is going to look out for us and get it done. And I can work because of it. Listen, I've done it both ways to y'all out there listening. I've been a COO for nine years now. I've done it both ways. It's much better, and I get much more done when I work from a place of rest and who God is and what he's already spoken over me, what he's spoken over Messenger, what he's spoken over my team members, and I harmonize with that understanding. I harmonize with that vision. I start to see things happen in my work, in my life, and my team members. I'm like, how did that even happen in such a short amount of time? Would you say like stuff gets sorted out that maybe you're like, oh, I'm going to have to deal with that? Absolutely. Or, or like you get an idea that is now you've been struggling to wrestle through and it's like it just comes to you. Absolutely. Like, that happens all the time when I actually take the time to set apart that that sacred space and say, God, this is when I remind myself and I show you as a sign of worship that I'm not self-sufficient and that I do rely on you and that I do trust you and that my faith is in you and not in my own ability. That's so good. I love that. Cool. Well, hey, I want to transition to a review. 
Um, for those of you out there who have been listening to the podcast and you haven't taken the time to write a review, please do so. We actually read the reviews. Sarah reads every single one of them. I, I read. <laughs> I, I send I read, you them. <laughs> Sarah sends them to me, <laughs> and I get on there and I read them as well. And it really helps us get these messages out. So, and if you haven't already, also click the subscribe button, write a review, share the word, share this on social media, send it to your mom, send How it to your friends. How can they share it on social, Ellis? Because we have our social media. They guru. click that little like airplane thing or whatever. I don't know, That's Ellis. Airplane. I don't from, know. He's from 1800s. Help, help wow. He wow. is best friends with someone from the 1800s. <laughs> Yo, I am a millennial. I was born in 1986. Well, so I, I also was born in 1986. and you know. 10 years later, 96. So yeah, if you want to share it from social, put it on your Instagram story. Tag us. We're at Messenger Intel. I-N-T-L. I-N-T-L. Intel. 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 At Messenger Intel, and we will put it on our Instagram story. Cool. And I, and I actually want to highlight a review from River Channing. What a cool name, River. I could see my sister-in-law naming one of her kids that. Anyway. <laughs> This is what River Channing said. Which one? <laughs> Hannah. <laughs> it is so evident that these messengers on the MI team live what they are preaching. Each episode is full of vulnerability and honesty alongside solid truth. I look forward to every episode. River, thank you so much for taking the time to write that review. That's we appreciate too nice. it. it was, it was, you, want, you want some more critical reviews? No, is that what you're no. saying? No. We want all five-star reviews, please. We want only <laughs> critical reviews for Sarah. For Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, hey, in addition to the amazing books that we recommended today, we also have some great courses on all access for you. Again, that's our online discipleship platform. We have some content on there. It's phenomenal. It's called the Wilderness Course. If you're going through a silent season and you are having a hard time trusting God or finding God's goodness or His faithfulness in the midst of your struggle, that is a phenomenal teaching for you. It's called the Wilderness Course. What else do they experience, though, within All Access? Oh, man. Coaching, one-on-one coaching with our messenger coaches. So, like, you actually get to talk to somebody? Really, like, you schedule I'm a phone call. I'm asking genuinely, you guys, because I, I you're gonna, legit you're gonna don't get, know. No, you're going to schedule a call tomorrow. <laughs> okay. I know. I'm going to tell Matt to be on the lookout. You get to schedule a call, one-on-one coaching. There's community. We have thousands of people in there now, building community, learning cool. together, discovering what it means to be a messenger for their world. Like That's wow. the big idea. That's why we exist as an organization, to help people see themselves as messengers, because this world needs us to realize what it means to be stewards of the gospel. There's also courses on there about um, authority, navigating difficult seasons with bosses and leaders and parents and friends. Uh, we also have your Newly Saved. We have a, a course on there. If you're just like, man, I want to learn more about the basics. It's a newer course. It's called Foundations. And I was we, there for the taping of that one, and it, it is awesome. It is amazing. And what we do is we unpack the six elementary doctrines found in Hebrews 6. And again, that's called Foundations. And because you are super cool and listen to the podcast. Wait, I want to throw out one more I thought of yeah, this morning. Yeah, which one? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit introduction. Yeah, yeah because I think I mean, we might have mentioned this one before, but if you're like, I don't know how to hear from God. Yeah, it's that's a great one. Yeah, we also have the Hearing God I course know. too. You guys, so. there's, there's literally a lot. there is a there cornucopia. <laughs> there's amazing, amazing teaching on there. We have a bunch of different teachers who contribute. And honestly, it's just a really cool space. And because you are cool and you listen to the podcast, you actually get a month free trial. A month. That's a month. longer than our other trial. It's a special trial. One month, 30 days. So check out Messenger Podcasts. That's plural, podcast.com forward slash all access. Again, messengerpodcast.com forward slash all access. Sarah, Ellis. Any, any closing thoughts? Again, what were the names of your books? I want to make sure everyone got the names of your books. Rooted by Banning. Liebscher. 
Mm-hmm. Sure. Yes, and mine was Living a Life of Fire by Reinhard Bonnke. Awesome. And mine were The Rest of God by Mark Buchanan and The Knowledge of the Holy by A.W. Tozer. We are so glad that you listened in today. Thank you, thank you, thank you for joining us. And we hope you're enjoying your summer and reading some great books. And as you turn off this episode today, we want to remind you that you are a messenger to the people in your world. Your life is a message. So lean in to God's grace and watch your world change. Until next time. Thanks for listening to The Messenger Podcast. Let us know your thoughts by leaving a review and be sure to subscribe and share these episodes through iTunes. You can connect with us through Facebook, Instagram, and through our website at messengerinternational.org. Until next time. Thank you.